Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. It's been beautiful this morning, hasn't it, to be able to share together worshipping God um, and even sharing around the table of communion, the special meal that Jesus told us to celebrate with him. My name is Trish. Um, I go by lots of different names. I think Rhonda called me Chappy before, Mrs. Broadband, but I, um, I get to... I get lots of privileges actually here. So this year, I've had the privilege of being Margot's assistant, helping out in kids' church on a Sunday with the little kids, which we have had a blast. We're really sorry if sometimes you hear lots of noise coming from that little room in the midst of the message. Well, we're not really that sorry, actually, because actually they're learning lots of things and we're having a great time talking about Jesus and growing together. So that's one of the things. I also work here at Carmichael during the week. um, And so it has been awesome to be um, a teacher of some of those grade seven students that you saw on the video coming to youth. Um, a chaplain here as well. And so God is doing amazing things across this campus. And this morning, as part of our family service, I wanted to celebrate that with you. Um, The reality that actually children and young people are incredibly precious to God. We don't have to look far in the Bible to see that. Um, The Old Testament was actually really clear about the intention for parents to teach their children the ways of God. In fact, in Deuteronomy, it says that um, about the commandments when they were told that to talk about them with your children when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So this idea of God being part of our language all the time. But also Jesus modeled how how precious children and young people are because he welcomed them into his very presence when everyone else wanted to push them away. So we're going to talk about something a little bit different today in our service because I've invited a panel to come and join me. And so if those guys want to come up now, I think we've got some seats up on the stage. Um, You can come and jump up here with me. Rhonda's also got our second mic. I don't have any hands left. So actually Earl can grab the mic first if that's okay. That'd be great. Um, it's a little bit scary sometimes jumping up here. So how about you welcome my panel this morning? That'd be great. Fantastic. To kick us off, I thought it might be nice, just in case some people don't know you, if you could just share your name and maybe some fun fact about yourself. Funny fact. Yeah, a fun fact. Ah. Fun fact about yourself. Well, my name's Earl. I'm not all that funny, actually. Um, but my kids used to laugh at me a lot because I was silly. But, um, yeah, I'm Earl and... Uh, My wife Diane and I have been Christians now for many, many years, and it's lovely to be here with you today. Great. Before you pass it on, Earl, how long have you been part of Creekside Community Church for? Well, I was a pastor at Mueller for till 2012, and then after we resigned from Mueller, we came here off and on earlier, probably been here most of the the life of Creekside, actually actually spoke at their first meeting up in the shed up, uh, so I've been around a long time. I think we called you experienced at the rally before the service. So Earl is our experienced, well-seasoned member of the team. So thank you, Earl. Can we pass the mic along? Because we've got our youngest member on the panel today, Miss Hannah. Hannah, how long have you been at Creekside for? Four years. Four years. She had to check that fact out before we started today, which is good. Um, She thinks maybe five, actually, truth be told. She thinks her mum's wrong. Um, Hannah, what's one fact about yourself? I've been to two churches, so this isn't my only church. Nice. So you had a bit of experience going to different parts of God's kingdom, which is awesome. Thank you, Hannah. And we've got Simon. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Simon, how long have you been part of Creekside Community for? Yeah, about 15 years, similar to Earl. Nice. 
So part of the original yes. structure there. Yes. And what is a fun or random fact about you? Um, I like country music. Country. And I even like wearing the cowboy hat sometimes. Nice. Are there any other country music fans out here? Yeah, <laughs> you've got friends today. That's awesome. Great. Thanks, Simon. And Shania, welcome. How long have you been part of Creekside for? Um, I think similar to these guys. So when I think we talked about it the other day, when I was six years old. Okay. So yeah, about that 15 years. So yeah. Kind of growing up in the church. Yeah. Excellent. And some fun or random fact about you, should I? Um, well, I think the only thing on my mind at the moment is the fact that I finished my degree in two weeks. Yeah. So that's kind of fun, exciting. <laughs> some big events happening for you, finishing degree, getting married, just some small stuff. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you for fitting us in, in the midst of craziness. Um, this morning, we want to talk about doing life with Jesus, and we've got our panel um, here to share with us. The Bible, as I mentioned before, has a lot to say about the importance of sharing the truths of Jesus to the next generation, and I wanted to have a look particularly at one psalm, Psalm 78. I think the word's going to come up there. It's actually a psalm of a guy named Asaph, or kind of attributed to him. So he was the chief of the Levites, and he was responsible for worshiping God, so singing Thanksgiving songs to God. And so these are one of the Psalms that, um, around David's time that were mentioned in that space as well. And so these are some of the words from Psalm 78. It says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So what we want to do today is ask our panel here a few questions about what it means for them following Jesus, what it means for them to teach the next generation or to be part of the next generation of following Jesus. So we're going to kick off with Earl again, if that's okay. Um, and Earl, I'm just interested to know, because you've talked, you kind of briefly gave it away before, but how, how old were you when you first started following Jesus? Well, I was 22 years of age when I heard the first time about the Lord Jesus and about the fact that I could be forgiven. Up until then, uh, my dad had always taught us that if you were good enough, God would accept you, and if you weren't good enough, then you would be rejected. And I knew that I'd tipped the scale and I was on the skids downhill, and I didn't know that I could be forgiven. And then when I heard that I could be forgiven by the Lord Jesus, I grabbed onto that with both hands and trusted him and became a Christian when I was 22 years of age. Wow, so that must have been a life-changing kind of space for you. So you had 22 years of life not knowing, Je not knowing the reality of all Jesus has done for you, and then this change. Looking back and, and seeing children growing up in the church now, do you feel like you missed out not having kind of a, an understanding of that reality for you as a child? Well, my dad was religious. He wasn't a Christian, and he taught us the difference between right and wrong and the commandments of God and we revered the Bible and things like that. Um, in some ways, I am glad that God saved me when I did because I had experienced a lot of the world and I knew what I'd been saved from and it had that then planted in my heart a passion to tell other people about the love of God so that they could be saved from what I was saved from. So I don't really know that I missed out, but it, God worked it to my advantage. Yes, and to many people's advantage, Earl, because I know that that's actually how you've been living your life, actually so passionate about sharing Jesus. 
so passionate about the grace that we have in him. And so I want to say thank you for the little bit that I know of, of how you've been doing that. Um, did you ever go to Sunday school as a child? Um, when my dad died at, when I was age 12, my mum got involved for a little while in a little church called the Church of Nazarene. And I do remember one time going to Sunday school there because it was significant to me. I was a fairly broken person at that stage, no, never grieved my father's death, never went to his funeral, never, went, never shed a tear. And I was fairly broken kind of a person. And I remember, the thing that I remember was that this little girl Sunday school teacher asked me to do something in the group one day, and it was either read the Bible or pray, and it gave me such a great sense of value that she had asked me to do this. And so, you know, I can't say enough about the value that it is for a teacher to have that input into the life of the child. So that was my only experience in Sunday school. Wow, fantastic. I went to Sunday school when I was 22. Nice. Yeah. Never too late to go to Sunday school is what you're saying. Excellent. Um, actually, we might pass on to Hannah because Hannah is currently in the age group of going along to kids' church, we now call it. Um, so, Hannah, before we talk about your kids' church experience, how old were you when you decided to put your trust in Jesus? Eight years old. Eight years old. And can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Were you at home or at church or at school? I was at church and at home, so we finished at church and then we came home and Dad and Mum decided to go do something and Dad said he wanted to read the Bible to us, so we read the Bible and um, the, story, the story we read was Jesus dying on the cross and I felt so loved when he said stuff about um, how he loves us and did that stuff for us. Yeah, so your awareness of God's love for you, so much that he sent Jesus has impacted your life from the age of eight. And how old are you now? Ten. Ten years old. So for two years, you've been trusting Jesus, learning about him all your life, I know, um, and being part of kids' church. Can you tell me, what do you love about coming to church? Um, kids' church, when we can come and learn different stories about what God's done for us. Yep. What kinds of things do you do in kids' church? We first study of book of the Bible, and then we'd go and play some games similar to that um, story. Excellent. And is it only at church that you learn about Jesus? No. Where else do you? School and home. School and at home as well. So you're, you get to come to Carmichael College, which is excellent. Yeah. And so you have part of school is learning about Jesus in classes that you have. Do you think there's any other ways that you are discovering the truths about Jesus than just in like lessons? Are there other ways that you might learn about him? No. No? It's all right. We're going to come back to another question later because sometimes we pick up things without even knowing it as well. But I do have one quick question for you, Hannah, before we move on. Do you think that Earl, Mr. Tongs here, would like to go to a kids' church today and experience Sunday? Like, not right today, but yes. like around now. What kinds of things could he expect? If, like, maybe even like Christmas party day, would he find would happen at kids' church, do you think? Um, he'd have fun with all the kids. Yes. Lots of fun, hey. Even a lolly man, even. The position <laughs> apparently is still vacant, but maybe Simon might be taking that one up. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Hannah. Um, we are going to move on to you, Simon. How old were you when you first started following Jesus? Yeah, that one's interesting. I grew up in a Christian home, yeah. and it's like I never knew a reality without God. But I think when does it click for, you, for someone like me personally? I think eight or nine years of age, I recall saying a prayer and asking God into my heart, but it wasn't until I was 15 
when you really start to experience more of the challenges of life or some of the peer group pressure. And, and I'd left school early, so I was in a, in a different environment in the workforce. And I think that's when it clicked for me. Yeah. I'd say when I got baptised at that point in time, when someone yeah. I knew died as well. And so just a few things culminated together. And yes. then I sort of just said, this is for me. Yeah, so you had this heritage or this, this information that you've been growing up hearing. Yes, and I think um, we have a photo of you when you were oh, okay. just a little one. Actually, there's a, there's a second because you're the only person that sent me a photo besides Hannah who currently looks the same. But, um, oh yeah, don't you think they're cute photos? Good job, Simon. Don't get sucked in by that. <laughs> um, so you had this privilege of hearing about Jesus yeah. and, and knowing that. But then obviously as you've grown, life has kind of given you experiences and understandings to deepen that, to, I guess, to put things, to hang things on. Is that how you kind of explain it? To put things on. So to hang that information or to kind of unpack it more in your life, is that it became real for you? Absolutely, yes. So I think growing up in a Christian home and having that heritage was fantastic. And as you're older, you look back and see how incredibly that was a gift, really, in, in yes. a lot of ways. And, and even through those early days of what you referred to before as Sunday school or kids' church, so many lessons that get taught that as a child you don't really know how much you're taking in but you're absorbing so much that builds to your general knowledge of the bible jesus faith life generally and then integrating that into the everyday of your life so yeah that is that's something that i remember back through those years as being critical for me in just yes. forming my worldview and who i am today yeah um and would you say like i'm, I'm sure there would have been a lot of people but are there is there anybody that was instrumental for you when you kind of not just like the explicit lessons but you watch their life yeah. um that has been instrumental in your own faith development yeah absolutely i think for me not only the sunday school teachers and i can probably think of one or two but probably more as i was 12 to 17 in that age bracket really that was a critical time for me when I was looking up to some of those leaders and mentors and being able to do life with them and just having them invest into me. And um, I'll put that down to where I am today even, just seeing that investment of time, energy, but just how they lived out their faith authentically. Um, that's really the key, I think, as a young person, when you're looking at that hypocrisy, do you live by what you say? Is it true every day of the week or just this day? So that was critical, I think, through those early years. So yeah, I've got names in my head that I would think of when, when you ask that question. That's awesome. It's actually interesting because Earl, you mentioned too, just, you know, that one experience of Sunday school, someone believing in you. So Simon, someone spending time and investing their time to you, to, like actually really instrumental. We're going to go on to Shania um, because I know you also have grown up. We've heard that, coming to church and being part of the church. Um, for you, in terms of your faith and following Jesus, what were some of the challenges that you've had from having like a child-like faith of understanding Jesus to transitioning, I guess, through youth and now into adulthood? I think, um, yeah, once I kind of took my faith as my own, the biggest challenge that I found was just um, kind of removing those stereotypes that you just believe um, as a kid and just things that you're, you're told and things that you do, but actually figuring out, oh, like, why do we do this? Why do I do this? So I think for me, it was more of just... Um, kind of breaking apart those things that I just believed as a child and going, actually, do I believe this or um, why, why do we do this? So I think those things for me was, um, yeah, a challenge, but a good thing in forming, um, like knowing why I believe what I believe, yeah. 
definitely. And that is part of the journey, isn't it? Asking the question mm-hmm. and unpacking it. So not being afraid of that, but actually having the space to kind of examine it and, and then own it for yourself, which is really cool. Um, I know you've been involved in youth here as well. What do you think are some of the challenges? I mean, the world is constantly changing um, and the church is, is longing to meet the needs of the people, but being true to the message of Jesus. So what do you think are the challenges that young people face today um, that maybe the church could look at in terms of how do we best care for them moving forward? Um, I think there's just so many competing voices from um, friends to social media to um, just everyone is just telling, they're hearing so many different things and I think there's so much pressure um, to be a certain thing or, um, you know, wear or, you know, say all those kind of things. I think there's just so much pressure um, for young people to... um, yeah, just conform to the ways of society and, you know, taking on Christian beliefs and kind of thing is going against against that. So I think it's um, having the confidence to do those things, yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I know that time is short this morning, but I do want to ask some, uh, just a couple of practical questions as well. Um, from Earl, I know you have been a dad, you're a grand, well, you are a dad still, and a granddad. Um, and I feel like also you're playing a role like that in the community as well. So what are some things that you know have, like some strategies that were worked well for you in terms of sharing the message of Jesus or um, your faith in Jesus to the next generation? Can I tell you a story about my family? Maybe first of all, one of the things that um, Diane and I found helpful in communicating truth into the life of our children was to involve them in our journey with God. To um, I remember we used to have this little program around the table at night time where our children, uh, we would pray for various missionaries and that around the world. So in the middle of the table was a bowl, and in that bowl there were 20 or 30 different little prayer notes. And so we'd go around the, 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 the table and the children would take out a prayer note and then we would pray for a particular missionary or a neighbour or something that we had need of. And we involved them in our journey with God. So they shared with us as we came along. Um, uh, I remember one time uh, we were involved in, a, in, organi- uh, in a, uh, a ministry called Faith Promise Giving. And so we had determined before God that we would set aside a certain amount of money each week or each month uh, and we were going to trust God to bring that money in in different ways, not just through our regular income, but something that would come in through some special means. And I remember one time, uh, we used to always pray about this around the table, and my son Darren and I were in the front yard of our property mowing one day and, and the wind had blown $30 in on my front grass. And Darren found it and he said, Dad, this has got to be faith promise. And it was just lovely that they caught the vision, they caught the journey in um, communicating. I think one of the most important things in communicating truth and that into the life of children is to be consistent in it yourself and, uh, and to live it yourself. We don't always do that. I know I've had serious failings in my life, but, but just to live it yourself and be honest with your, your kids, be honest with the kids, let them see the transparency of your heart and, and just model it with them. So that was helpful. Super helpful. I love that, to invite people into the journey with you. And so, Hannah, can I ask you, um, if that is the heart of a grown-up to to want to invite children into the journey with them about their faith and understanding, what ways um, have you learned about Jesus and how to follow him through the adults in your life? What are some things that you've picked up along the way? 
when adults are doing something and they see someone in need, they'd stop what they're doing immediately and go help that person who needs help. So extending the love of Jesus. You mentioned also before the service about serving. Like, are there certain ways that you see that kind of played out even in your own family? There's, um, I see adults serving other people in a way they would, Jesus would serve other people. They'd serve like Jesus would right there with them. Yeah. And you know what is really cool is I see that not just with adults, but I actually see children doing that and have been serving us today, which is really amazing. Um, And the reality that the kingdom of God is not just about when you get to an age that you can do that, but actually we all are part of that um, and doing that as well. And so I've got one final question for you, Simon, if that's okay. Um, What is your hope for the future of the church? How do you want the children, the next generation, what's your heart to see? What would it look like? Yeah, that's a great question, Trish. Um, Where do you start? Have we got an hour? Um, I think seeing kids loving church, engaging in community, feeling welcome, sense of belonging, that they're championed, um, that they see themselves as the next generation of leaders here and that it's a place that they want to invite their school friends to because it's welcoming and it's embracing of people, but where they're actually receiving the truth about Jesus how that truth gets applied to their everyday life so they actually see benefit Monday through Saturday, not just Sunday. Um, Yeah, and seeing our adults, myself in this, really believing in them, giving them a chance, giving them a go, um, just really embracing that that vision of that holistic community, I guess, from from the very little ones right through to the elderly because there's a place for everyone in the church. So to see us as a church grow in that, that type of mindset would be something that would excite me tremendously. Yeah, I totally agree. And I actually think it's really amazing because when you look at that psalm, so Psalm 78, we had a look at the first few verses, but it goes on to say um, the reason why it's important that we keep telling the next generation um, the things about God. And it says in verse 6, so that the next generation might know them, the history of what God has done, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And I think the reality is exactly what you've just shared there, Simon, and what's being unpacked even today in our own stories is that God wants to use us, each person, no matter how old or young we are. There's a a responsibility as a church community to continue to invest in the next generation, Um, but not just as a burden to carry, but as actually a great joy and a great privilege to do that. Um, the reality is that there is a specific time frame where we are most effective in our mission, um, and that is actually up until about 13 years of age. So most, the, um, George Barner has done lots of research. Most people will make a decision of faith by the time they reach 13. So we are in this incredible opportunity in this campus to have a mission all week long. Um, Creekside being part of that, Carmichael and the kids, um, kindy centre as well, and all the things that are happening on site here, being able to keep reaching the next generation, sharing the truths about who Jesus is, all that he's done for us, which is amazing, but also understanding as well that the kingdom of God is for everyone and that we don't have to kind of wait so we can hit that moment of being um, useful for God, but actually there's a part for all of us to play right here and now. Um, And I think the number one thing, which is so much the heartbeat of this place, is that actually everything hinges on the good news of Jesus, on the gospel. Um, And I think about Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15 saying, you know, of the first importance is to talk about who Jesus is, who, what he's done for us, what is ours in him, and then to let that shape and change our lives as we live that out. Um, And I know that's the heart of this church. It's your heart. Thanks for being part of our panel here this morning. It's our heart for the next generation as well. So I just want to pray as we wrap up this panel, Um, but join with me as we do that. 
Father, we thank you so much um, for the privilege that we have to know you um, and to be known by you. Thank you for Jesus coming um, and making it possible for us to do that and to be forgiven and set free and to live in light of your grace. Um, and it's true what I mentioned before about this consistency of living that out. We are broken people, um, all of us, no matter our age, and we are desperately in need of your Holy Spirit's work in us um, and working through us so that we can make the message of Jesus so clear. Um, we pray that you would help us to do that for the youngest to the very oldest in our community. Help us to just keep loving well, to be people who lay down our lives for the sake of your kingdom and the message going forward. And we just ask that the picture that we've even shared here today is the picture that we see unfolding in this place. Every person knowing that they have a part here, a place to be, a part to play in your kingdom. Everybody knowing how loved and valued they are by you. Everybody receiving your grace and living life in light of that freedom. So help us to do that. Bless all of the people who are working with the kids and young people here. Raise up more people, we ask, with a heart to serve, to, to lead, and to guide the next generation as well. Um, and we just want to give you all the glory and thanks today. Amen.